You are listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 163, DuckTales the Movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. It never works out for the rat. This episode was brought to you by the patrons. That's right. To find out more about how you can nominate your favorite movie, head on over to rotoscopers.com slash Patreon. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. My name is Chelsea Robson, and I am hosting with my fabulous co-host, Morgan Stradling. Hello! Yay! So if you've never listened to the Animation Addicts Podcast, then here's what we do. Basically, we are just a couple of friends. We sit around and we talk about animated films. Most of the time we go back in time. Sometimes we go way back in time. Sometimes we go very up to date. Today we are going back to the 90s as we are talking about one of those underrated classics. I don't even know if Morgan would agree with me with that, but I'm going to go with it. (laughs) I'm just going to plow through. We are talking about... DuckTales, the movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. We are kicking it old school. This was a patron pick by one of our patrons, Alex. So thank you, Alex, for picking this film. This is one that I've wanted to do for a long time. We just never really got around to it. But that day is today. But before we do that, let's jump into the nerdy couch. Boy. Step right up and come on in. So for those of you who are new to our show, the Nerdy Couch discussion is something that we do. It's just a short mini segment. It's a, you know, warm up the vocal cords, get talking, get a little loose. Imagine as if you and your friends are sitting on your big couches in your apartment, college dorm, whatever, house, mansion, money bin, I don't know, and just talking about nerdy things. So today we are going to be discussing the Disney Afternoon, which is a perfect nerdy couch. I'm pretty sure a lot of people talked about, oh, I love those Disney shows. If you were a 90s kid, this was your jam. Oh, yeah, it was. You knew the theme song. You loved all these shows. And so we are going to dive right into it because this film is actually one that is a spinoff of one of the shows, DuckTales, which was a part of the Disney afternoon. It was. And for any kid born after the year 2005, this is basically something that you have no idea what it is. <laughs> But it was something that defined the earlier generation. Like there was, there was once this time called the 90s. Kids had to wake up early to watch cartoons on a Saturday morning or hurry home from school in order to watch the after school lineup of cartoons because cartoons were our life. They were our jam. This was, this was life. There were no DVRs. YouTube wasn't even invented yet. And Netflix was just starting as a way that could possibly be able to rent a DVD off the internet. We had to rely on something called scheduled programming or syndication. We were run by the TV (laughs) (laughs) and their schedule. Like, we had to make it home for this. This was a big deal for me. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, I love the Disney afternoon. So many good classic times. I'm 
kind of bummed that kids don't really get to experience this like we did. Now I they know. just binge and they watch every single show that they want and they can watch it over and over and over again as many times as they want. But for us, it was basically one and done and then occasional reruns. So be lucky and be grateful, guys. <laughs> you get everything in your hands. Now, we both Morgan and I read the book Disney War several years ago. It is written by James Stewart. Basically, it talks about the dramatic inside story of the downfall of Michael Eisner, who was the chairman and CEO at the time. And I was surprised in reading that book that this was such a big chunk of the book. <laughs> I was like, really? Big wigs like that cared about sa- like after school cartoons? What? Of course they did. We were buying everything that came out of them. This was something that started in the early of, of the 90s. So basically, 89 was when DuckTales began. And it was in 1990 when the Disney afternoon started up. Basically, the first year, it was at 3 o'clock. It was Adventures of Gummy Bears. Then at 3.30, DuckTales, 4 o'clock, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and then Tailspin at 4.30. The coveted 4.30 spot was like, everyone is home, everyone is watching. And the earlier you got to 3 o'clock, you knew that that series was on its way out, which would make me really sad. Especially once it came to Darkwing Duck. Um, Darkwing Duck was actually a spinoff of DuckTales as well. Yes, yes. We had Chippendale Rescue Rangers... I'm just going to go through and read off the the highlights of these shows, and then we're going to talk about those just a little bit. So um, Tailspin, that was a good one. We had Bonkers and Goof Troop. For a short time, not every day, but it was like just on Mondays, it, uh, Wikipedia says that the 4 o'clock was Schnookums and Meet Funny cartoon show. Did you ever watch that one? I'm not familiar, no. Yeah, I never saw that one either. That was not my thing. But that was also the year that Gargoyles came into play. That Mm. was my jam. Everyone knows that. (laughs) Lion King, Timon and Pumbaa. And then also Quack Pack and Mighty Ducks. So there were a lot of dogs and a lot of ducks in the Disney afternoon. They basically, yes, took over our minds and brains. (laughs) What were some of your favorites? So you can't go wrong with DuckTales. I had a few DuckTale VHSs at home, nice. which those were the ones that got the most replay and loves those. Who doesn't love DuckTales? That's why we're sitting here talking about this. Chippendale's Rescue Rangers was okay. It really didn't go too long. You know, it got only a few years. Yeah. Um, but it just, it, it was okay. It wasn't really my favorite all of them. Same thing with Tailspin. Like I did not resonate with Tailspin like I did, uh, DuckTales, but I love Darkwing Duck, and I also loved Goof Troop. And then especially once the Aladdin TV show came out. Ah, I that's loved, right. I loved, loved Aladdin and the new characters and everything. And Thundra, as oh. she was the Thunderbird. <laughs> <laughs> so those were my favorite. And then, yeah, as we're getting to season seven of the Disney Afternoon, and there's Timon and Pumbaa at Quack Pack, Mighty Ducks. That's as I was phasing out of the afternoon and just wasn't into those shows as much. And I did enjoy Gargoyles as well. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy DuckTales quite a bit. My brother really liked DuckTales. And so that was one of the, one of the main reasons why I, I remembered it so well. Um, Chippendales, I wasn't... Mm, it was okay. Rescue Rangers was cool, but not f- 
fantastic, I guess. Tailspin, I actually really did like Tailspin because you had Baloo the Bear and you had Don Carnage and like all these. They had just really cool villains, I think. So I liked them. And then Darkwing Duck, Standard, Goof Troop, did like that one. I did like Aladdin, but Gargoyles was my was my favorite. Mm-hmm. What was funny is that, like, as I said, most of them, you had four spots. So you had the three, the 330, four, and then the 430. And I'm looking at this lineup of all seven seasons, and you can really tell, like, when they're trying to phase out a show. So when Darkwing Duck first came out in season two, so 1991, it was at the 430 slot. And then the next year, it was at the four. And then the next year at the 3.30. And then the next year at the 3. And then it stopped. It fell victim to what was called the four-season or 65-episode rule, which was actually a thing where they wouldn't do a, a show more than 65 season or 65 episodes or four seasons. But Dark Moon Duck did come back after it had been gone. Apparently, everybody liked it so much that it came back. <laughs> Again, at the three o'clock spot, because they're like, mm, we're not going to give you full ranking here. <laughs> well, they had all those new shows to promote, you know, so of course, even though it was great, it just kept getting pushed back, back, back because, hey, by this point, you love Darkwing Duck. You're in. So you're going to show up anyway. We have Timon and Pumbaa, Quack Pack, Mighty Ducks, all the other things that we still need to get an audience for, which do not quite have their audience. So I get it. They never got their audience. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> they, those were not the top tier of the Disney afternoon. They were not. And it was actually at the end of the Disney afternoon. And so it was, it was fine. I was phasing out anyway. <laughs> it was 97. Right. <laughs> I was all into Anastasia at the time. So <laughs> <laughs> you had moved on to another world. <laughs> I had moved on. <laughs> Who is now a Disney princess. Can you believe ah, it? Yes, I know. We've come full circle. Basically, every single April Fool's article that we put out, we have this magic touch that it will come true in some way, shape, <laughs> or form. In some way. And with Disney purchasing 20th Century Fox, it's official. She's a Disney princess. She, she needs to be in the parks, like, as of yesterday. Needs to have happened. Seriously. <laughs> well, back to the Disney afternoon. The rule was either four seasons or 65 total episodes. Which is quite a bit. And, like, the whole rationale behind it is they're like, okay, we have all these new shows to promote, as you were saying. And that's just kind of, like, the magic number required needed to, for, like, a weekday syndication. So, like, five days a week, 13 weeks. That's how many shows you get. So, Mm -hmm. it was just crazy how you have all of these shows. DuckTales did beat it, though. They got to 100 episodes because I guess they are that cool. But I mean, it's right. So you either four seasons. so you're basically with the, thir- the the 65 rule. It's you get one season because again, since you, these shows had a new episode every single day, Monday through Friday, it wasn't like every Friday get a new episode. These were constantly being released, so you get at least one full season of 65 episodes. Well, maybe not. I mean, you could be cut very quickly into it. But <laughs> yeah. we're gonna we're gonna try to at least give you that sixty five. If you suck, hey, at least you got your sixty five episodes. That's more than a lot of shows. That's true. Can, you know, a, a lot of shows nowadays have ten episodes. You know, it's a little different. Game of Thrones and whatnot. They have quite bigger budgets. Right. The, the Crown, whatnot. You know, spending ten to thirteen million dollars an episode. I get it. 
or four seasons, which is not too shabby because if you're doing 65 times four, you're getting a couple hundred episodes out of this franchise. For that, for the most part, is more than you need. And I think what they realize is that, okay, if we've done 65 episodes times four years, at this point, it's, t- it's time to put you to rest. You're getting stale. You're getting old. We don't want too much of a good thing. And then they move on and they bring them the new, better, bigger things. Timon and Pumbaa, apparently, which is, <laughs> was not the case. So I get it. And, and, and that's why I think maybe we do have a lot of very positive thoughts about these because it wasn't like they're like the Simpsons where it's like, oh, Simpsons. Well, the only first 10 seasons are great. And then ah, I don't watch it anymore. You know, it, you basically write off a show after a certain period of time. Uh, for example, Once Upon a Time is definitely that for me now. They've kind mm-hmm. of rebooted season is it season seven with this and i'm just like nope can't do it i'm over i'm over it done season seven season eight i don't know but anyway they did have others back in the 90s like boy meets world that one went to seven seasons and they were like what it's awesome but then it was getting stale like once they went to college it's like not as cool (laughs) we're done yep we're done so i mean i feel like every show has its day and just live it up while you're making it rain. <laughs> Same thing with this the franchise. Disney Afternoon eventually was sunset and it was moved on. Bigger and better things happened with Disney Channel. Particularly the Disney Channel happened, right. which it was a thing at the time. But it just grew, grew, and grew. And they realized, hey, let's put these on our own station and let's let's promote that. And so then I think we moved from the Disney Afternoon into this Disney Channel era where there's just Lizzie McGuire, even Stevens, all these big shows that's so raven and and hannah montana it just keeps growing 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 getting even bigger on their own property which is great for them oh yeah toon disney they added that in as well like they just they started really becoming the conglomerate at this point in time i would say so any last thoughts on the disney afternoon um only that ducktales i think was it's really cool to think about that this show really inspired so many of those other shows it really Opened the door for Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Darkwing Duck was a spinoff. Tailspin, also, why not throw that in? Quack Pack. And then even now, the DuckTales reboot. Woo! 2017. Which, I've heard good things. Yeah, it's on my DVR. I haven't had a chance to watch it. But, you know, it's been rebooted. So it's for a new generation. It has a new look and feel. It's cool. The characters are awesome. But then it also has that nostalgia that millennials love. And so anyone who grew up with this obviously is going to check it out or try to check it out in our case. Right. At one point in time, <laughs> we will check it out. But because, I mean, I'm interested in checking it out because it's something I'm familiar with and I loved it so much. Yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, cries of outrage on our discussion on the Disney afternoon, please let us know. You can go to rotoscopers.com slash voicemails, or you can give us a call at 406-646-6575. All right, so let's dive into our main discussion. We are talking about... DuckTales, the movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Before we dive into that, let's talk about some general information from IMDb, Box Office Mojo, Wikipedia, and more. So the studio, it was actually the studio Disney Movie Tunes, which we now know today as Disney Toon Studio. So this was their original banner. And when, we were, when I was watching the film, I was like, Disney Movie Tunes. 
that looks kind of like the Disney Toon Studios logo at the time, but a little different. But I, they've had some naming issues and some branding issues that they've worked out. But this was the very first animated film to be produced. The first one being this, obviously, it was released theatrically. And then the second being The Return of Jafar, which was the first one to be released direct to video, which completely spun that whole market off. So these two films, I think, are very, very prominent because they've they ushered in a new era for Disney, which is the Disney Toon Studios era. Now, just to kind of give a little history lesson, it basically has took over with 2005 being its peak. They released six movies during 2005 under this banner. And as of recently, the last film to be released was a Tinkerbell film in 2015. And there is a Plains film that's supposed to come out, the third Plains film in 2019. But again, haven't really heard much about it, so we shall see. So it's interesting because this was the phasing, the very beginning of it. And now in real time, we're seeing kind of the end of the Disney Toon Studios era, which is it had a span of about 30 years, which is interesting how things kind of ebb and flow. So that's the studio. Director was Bob Han- Bob Hathcock, and he was really big in TV animation world in the 80s and worked until about 2011 in that space. So again, great career for him. He was able to take this on. Release date was August 3rd, 1990. So we're at the tailspin of summer where, you know, you kind of throw your films that aren't your big blockbusters, at least nowadays. You know, you're hoping for them to still kind of be that summer, summer flick get some people in the chairs, you know, sell some tickets, but you're not really expecting much. And the film did do about $18.1 million worldwide, which it we don't know its exact budget, but it's said that it did make its budget back. However, that being said, this was not really considered to be the commercial financial success that Disney was hoping for, especially since this being, you know, the third or fourth season of this big franchise for them. They were hoping for a little more. And that just really didn't come to be. But nonetheless, let's talk about the film. What are your first thoughts of this film and kind of recollections and memories? I remember my brother really liking DuckTales in general. He was a little bit older than me. So he, I I don't remember much of like 1990, but he did. He did, obviously. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> he was there for like 1989. He was like, woo. I got DuckTales coming out. It's my fave. So he was really big into it. And so when the movie came out, it was something that he was really into. And I just remember that mostly, that it was his thing. But that because I liked him and I wanted to be cool, it was therefore my thing as well. So <laughs> I do remember later on, we we didn't end up getting it on VHS until many years later. And so it was this big thing, like, when he got it. And it was like, oh, awesome. I want to watch it, too. So, um, but yeah, that's, those are my earliest recollections of this film. Yeah, this was one of those films for me that kind of had this cult status, where, whereas it wasn't one of the ones that we owned, but it was one of the ones that I really liked. Yeah. And so whenever I would go to a friend's or family's house, and I'm not quite sure who in my life had this, but a few people did, it was like, this was the movie I globbed onto, wanted to watch. Of course, there were movies that people had that you never you watched once and you never watched again because it was such a dud. This was not one of those. This right. was fantastic. It was great. It was cool. It was DuckTales. I was a huge DuckTales fan. All about that life. And this was one that just was always... had. A, I had very positive thoughts and recollections of when I was looking, thinking back. 
Now, today, not so much. We'll talk about that and the issues I have with the film now. But at the time, this film really could do no wrong. Yeah, I would say that too. It was just the rose-colored glasses of youth, you know, just really, really brought it up. Um, ah, the old nostalgia-colored glasses, they're great. They're great, man. <laughs> a lot of critics actually hammered this film for a couple of reasons. One, they said it was a betrayal of Carl Barks's Uncle Scrooge comic books, which the DuckTales franchise was based. And also the other one, they're like, oh, it was too much of a of a takeoff of Indiana Jones. I don't like that. So those were some of the main issues that they had. But the thing is, I was looking at Rotten Tomatoes, and this actually has an 88% based on, like, eight reviews. So it's not a lot, but <laughs> still, like, <laughs> the people who... There were people who cared enough to go back and rate this film. <laughs> and of eight reviews, it got an 88%. But you're looking at Indiana Jones and the the, the Crystal Skull... And that has like an 80, a 69%. So all in all, people liked DuckTales, the movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp, better than they liked Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. <laughs> That's awesome. They really tried to go off of Indiana Jones, though. Like you even look at the poster and the, the movie cover. It, they hired illustrator Drew Struzan who was best known for, he was the actual designer for like the Star Wars and Indiana Jones films. And so they brought him in. They're like, make it, make it epic, make it awesome. And I think that was one of the reasons it was like that picture, man, does it justice. Good job. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this film, it really tees off the plot quite nicely. We have Scrooge McDuck and he is in Egypt and he's searching for the treasure of Kali Baba. Now, Kali Baba, as in many of these films, a lot of the characters are animals Therefore, they try to do fun, punny names and animal-related names for these characters. Now, obviously, Alibaba is a very famous literary character. And so what sort of animal can we turn this person into? Oh, a collie, and we're going to call him Collie Baba. Boom, done. And so they're searching for his treasure. And this is a big deal for Scrooge because he's been searching for it for 40 years. And he's finally kind of put all the pieces of the puzzle together and figured out where it is. And, uh, you know, if this were me, I think this is a pretty serious situation and job. I would only bring the most tenured professionals. But Scrooge, not so much. He just brings the nephews and the niece along. You know, (laughs) why not? Couldn't find a babysitter. It's not like I'm a quadzillionaire or anything. But yeah, you guys can come along. I mean, it does tee off the plot very nicely where all of our main characters are, are there, set and established from the get-go, but really uh, not the best parenting choices if it were me, taking you into a really old crypt, you know, decaying building where lots of serious accidents could happen and shenanigans, but that's cool. You Giant you. scorpions, you know. <laughs> totally safe for But hey, kids. you had Launchpad there, and he did take a crash course. Ah, uh, the oh, puns. Oh, oh. The puns. Oh, yes. So funny. <laughs> I really enjoyed the humor in this film. That was something that I've always enjoyed about DuckTales in general is just their like funny little zingers that they throw in. Very funny. So, for example, they had all these catchphrases that I thought, this is great. First off, you had Scrooge McDuck. One of my favorite catchphrases that he threw out there was, blow me bagpipes. (laughs) Oh, the Scottish puns. (laughs) It's a good one. And then Genie. He always said, Shabooey! 
which I thought, were they really just trying to make this the catchphrase of the summer? Probably. Like, everybody's wanting to go to school saying, Shabooey! And then there's also the classy Wackaroonie. <laughs> I appreciated him. I don't know about you. I did. <laughs> Always good. Always a good time with those crazy catchphrases and puns. <laughs> so we're introduced to the character. So like we have Scrooge McDuck and most people are very familiar with him. He's not the, our main, you know, on the pantheon of Disney characters. He's not on the top pedestal, which is really, you know, Minnie, Mickey, Donald, Goofy, Daisy, you know, they're you know, those are the, the main upper echelon. He's on kind of the outer ring yeah. where he's still very prominent. He is the our uncle moneybags. He's so rich, he doesn't know what to do with himself, but he's incredibly stingy, which of course makes sense while well, he was in he played Scrooge in Mickey's Christmas Carol. Ah yes. And I mean the name alone, but again, it's just a match made in heaven there. But he's very well known and a great guy. He has these nephews, which it's very interesting how they come under his care. We, I'm very more interested in what happened to the parents. Did they die plane crash with launch pad? I don't know, but they're with him now. Yeah, it's really weird. In the very first episodes, they they basically set up the story. Of the, I'm sorry, the very first episodes of the series. They set up the story saying Donald Duck is their uncle that is in charge of them. I don't know how he became the sole provider for these younglings, but hey, so he's their guardian. But he has to go into the Navy, and so he is basically just dropping his nephews over off on another uncle, you know, Uncle Scrooge. So it's like (laughs) from one uncle to the next, like these poor kids. (laughs) Tossed around. Yeah, and then an old shoe. With, you know, not the most stable adults around. I mean, I guess I would say Scrooge is a pretty stable guy, but he's also very yeah. uh, eccentric. Sli- eccentric, <laughs> yes. And you have Webigail, who is the niece of Mrs. Beakley. And so she just had to come in because she's the, you know, token girl. Um, of course. I've got to have her. <laughs> so that's really why they're there. Gotcha. And what other, I mean, I feel like it's it's also a really good counterpoint of you have Scrooge, the, the Scrooge, <laughs> and you have the kids right. who are young, hopeful, he's old and Fun. jaded, you know, it's right. a good opposites attract. He needs them. He need, he doesn't know it, but he needs them. They need each other. So we have Shirley Dewey and Louie, and they, they too are on this, you know, middle echelon of Disney characters. Do you actually know how to tell which one apart? I'm just going to go with no. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Huey, it's always Huey, Dewey, Louie, right? So Huey is first, and so he is the leader, and he, and he, so Huey is typically said first. We say Huey, Dewey, Louie, not Dewey, Louie, Huey. And he, so he's, I consider him the leader, right? And he wears the leader power color, which is red. Right. Boom. Got him out of the way. So now it's the other two. Now there's Dewey. Dewey reminds me of dew, and dew is little droplets of water that appear, and water is blue, so Dewey is blue, which then leaves us with Louie, who's just green. (laughs) Hey, he's just green. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I remember it. I, you know what? I couldn't tell you who was my favorite of the three, because really they all more or less have the same personality, but they're great as a unit. I mean, it's the same voice actor, too, so. Right. (laughs) 
Like, there really is no difference. So you had two basic villains. You had the one, the sub-villain, who is the one that's more around. Um, his name is Dijon. And he he knows he's the lackey. He knows he's not that cool. But he's just trying to, you know, go and be the henchman of Murloc, who is the big baddie. He is... As far as villains go, I'm going to give him, like, a good score. I don't know what a good score would be, but a thumbs up, I would say, as far as a good villain. Like, he he has a, an amulet that, you know, makes him be able to transform into whatever he wants. Never trust a shapeshifter. Mm-mm. He's got a fantastic cape with lots of dark colors with the hoodie and everything. And a really great pencil mustache. So, I mean... For the time when villains were the, everybody knows that this is the villain villain, I give him a good score. He was a good villain. Yeah, I mean, you you have no question who he is, what he is, what he's doing. And Dijon is sort of this middle ground and he really plays his his part well as being this double agent because he kind of slides himself in as kind of this guide, which is great. So we've talked about how Scrooge has been searching for this treasure because he wants to kind of show off at home to this society that he's a part of. Like, look, I finally found it. Look how great. It's not so much the money as it is just finding the treasure itself. He doesn't really need the money. Right. But when you look at when he later gets it, it's it's about the size of, like, it would cover my bed. Like a queen, king-size bed worth of mound of gold and other precious jewels. It's enough to make any one person set for, like... A hundred times set for life. Oh, I'd be fine with it. You, you sure. would not be amiss with just having that as your wish. But he, and he has way more than that. He is a quad zillionaire. Just way too much. However, we have Murloc who has been searching this. So the, the history behind him is that he you know, found this amulet. It gave him eternal life. But it also has the ability to give him extra wishes. Well, the, 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 the key to extra wishes is having a genie that got taken away from him by Kali Baba, who then buried it in his treasure and he's been searching for it, meaning Murloc, for thousands of years. Now, um, you being almost immortal and all-knowing, not necessarily all-knowing, but you, you gain a lot of wisdom and information over the years. Yeah. A little more disappointed in him that it's taken him thousands of years to uncover and put all the pieces together. For this, and it's more or less just forty for Scrooge. Like good, good on Scrooge. <laughs> good on not Scrooge. so good look on this guy. He let Scrooge do it for him. <laughs> He's like, meh. I'm done searching. I'm gonna let Scrooge <laughs> do my searching for me, and I'll just go on his back. <laughs> so he, I would agree. I would expect a little bit more out of a man who's been searching for thousands of years, or a yes, thousand years. Yes, yes. But still, he's a pretty good baddie. I mean, the fact that he can turn into a bear and a griffin. And, you know, even the little rat, though the rat really didn't work out for him very well. You know, it never works out being a rat. It, we've learned from Harry Potter, this movie, <laughs> people in general just don't, I mean, rat again, people in general just don't appreciate rats. It mu I much rather would have preferred him to turn himself into a puppy or a small kitten, yes. I mean, equally as nimble in size, but... You gotta stay away from the creepy rat because no one appreciates it, no one likes it, no one's gonna let you in. Well, otherwise, if you're a puppy, oh, a puppy! Come in, I'm gonna adopt you, and you're gonna be best of friends. So just <laughs> have your run of the place. Go do it. It's true. 
<laughs> Very true. <laughs> so, you know, we set this up pretty easily, you know, so they're in Egypt. They don't, they come so close to getting the treasure, but unfortunately they have to leave it behind. But we do get one artifact, which is the lamp. And Webby really kind of wants her own little trinket to take home. And he sees that as almost a throwaway, nothing worth no value and allows her to keep it. And she says, oh, I can view my tea parties out of it. And that's a very, very fine, you know, thing to be using for your tea parties. But good on her. She has great taste. Because <laughs> as they return home, this is where we move into the kids segment, which is basically the second act. Yeah. Where the kids uncover that this actually has a genie inside who can grant you three wishes. And with all genie movies, it appears that if you're a genie, you have to be a hip, funny hysterical genie who's just rip-roaring and full of all sorts of pop culture references. And that's what this one is. And I thought, oh, they're totally ripping off the genie in Aladdin. But no, 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 this came out two years prior. Apparently this is just in the guidebook of how to do genies in movie and film and, <laughs> and books. They gotta be hip. They gotta be cool. They gotta be with it. So obviously he is. And his name is just Genie. Pretty simple. And then this is the section of the film that's kind of the frustrating part where it is the kids being kids, making horrible kid decisions regarding their three very limited, finite wishes. For example, the world's largest ice cream sundae. Let's turn our stuffed animals and make them alive. I'm like, no, no, no. What are you doing? That elephant, though. <laughs> I mean, I would be tempted with the elephant. <laughs> it's just, I feel like even as kids, there are better things. But, you know, maybe I'm not a kid at heart anymore. So I don't <laughs> know. Maybe just unlimited ice cream really is what it's all about. Well, and there was the whole thing where he's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, big wishes means big trouble. The bigger the me the bigger the wish, the bigger the mess. And so they're like, oh, uh, okay, um, I guess we'll do something smaller so that we can keep you a secret and not let people see you, which I get. But at right. the same time, I'm like, what would my wishes be? And this is actually a question. What, what would your wishes be, Morgan? So I thought about this, and I have, there's kind of like three main buckets or categories. So the, the wealth... And the idea that, you know, having money does not bring happiness, but it sure, you know, brings a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, it allows you to do really cool things. You know, if I just had so much money, I didn't really know what to do with it. Then I wouldn't have to work. I could spend more time with my family. I could travel the world. I could really do anything that I wanted. And that'd be really exciting. That, again, this isn't compensating for happiness because I think that's often overlooked. Now, next up, I'm in my 30s. I would like to not necessarily age anymore. I'd like to be at my <laughs> peak prime position for life. So I would be another wish is like this immortality beauty per se. Mm -hmm. Those are two wishes. Okay. So I would love immortality and the fact that I could live as long as I needed to. And then I was, when I was ready to die, I could die. So that way I'm not stuck as like, I've been alive 10,000 years and I've got such a crook in my neck. <laughs> if, if I wanted to say, you know what, I've lived this full happy life for 5,000 years, I could just move on, right? So I like that wish. So those are kind of my three wishes where I'd have the money to allow me to do things with my family and just really live it up. That'd be great. And look good doing it. The beauty aspect, you never age again, which will be very helpful because I don't want to look a thousand years when I am a thousand years. Right. I want to look 20. 30. It'd be somewhere in between. I think this like 25, 24 is really a great, great age. So those would be my three. And again, where's the happiness in this all? Just because you're beautiful and immortal and tons of money does not mean you're going to like it. Well, 
that's where I have to work on me. And you really can't <laughs> wish for happiness. And I got to still find that myself. So <laughs> through true. all these great things. It's a good thing that you happiness. have so much time to do that. <laughs> I Yes. I, I'm not concerned about my happiness because I'm very happy as is. And these are just, these are just cherry on top. Right, right, right. See, yeah, I don't think I would, I don't think I would go for a finite number. Because, I mean, he says, I want the treasure of Kali Baba, which is very finite, you know. I would say I want to always have money in my bank account, no matter how much I spend, just as much as it goes. <laughs> the money is just taken care of. It's a non-issue, non-thing. Um, and then I would say perfect health for me and all my family. So that oh, none of yes, us would have to true. worry about, like, things like health insurance, like, bane of my existence, you know? <laughs> <laughs> These are big things. Like, okay, so we now have perfect health. And I would say included in that is a, a long life, obviously. That doesn't mean that it necessarily has to be 10,000 years, but <laughs> a long, sufficient life. And then, let's see, just for kicks and giggles... Let's say, I want the Nile. <laughs> the Nile. Which is the Nile? No way. <laughs> Those are great. Those are great. I like that. Uh, yeah. Listeners, what would you wish for? If you had three wishes, let us know in the comments of this episode. I'm very interested to see where everyone goes. Yeah. So again, that's the middle area of the film. And finally, Scrooge, he hops in and he's, he realizes what's happening here and says, whoa, 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 genie. And so he does a little bit more prudent and does not wish for really crazy kid things. But instead, he's had this goal of having the treasure of Kali Baba for all these years. So he finally gets it. And again, this is the guy who does not need more money. Yes, in theory, he could say, I wish to be the richest person in the world. But more or less, he probably already is. Right, right. Very, even though he's so stingy with it, he's, he's, he's fine. That's probably why he's the richest man in the world, though. Let's be honest. Right. He is is fine with his life, basically. So he wishes for the thing so he can just show to his friends, haha, look what I did. Here's one other thing that I have an issue with. Like, Genie has the standard three wishes limit. And he even says when, you know, one of the three nephews, Huey, Dewey, and or Louie, say, oh, the first thing I'm going to wish for is more unlimited wishes. And he's like, bah, that never worked. Get serious, that never works. However, big bad Murloc over here, he has this you know, very convenient amulet that in combination with the lamp gives him unlimited wishes. So I feel like that is on the one side very convenient and also even more convenient that it just is never explained. And I feel like that's just my one of my, the biggest questions I had out of this whole thing that I felt like it didn't make it so streamlined, this plot i mean the mm -hmm. plot is very streamlined it's only an hour and like 17 minutes long right which is nice <laughs> but that was the question that i had it's like why i want to know more about this amulet explain i did have one other question as well though at the very end when scrooge uses his final wish because this is the great part is he's able to wish the genie's freedom because that's <laughs> obviously what you do when you get a genie you wh where did genies come from like he's like i want you to be a real boy well was he a real boy to begin with where does he wh 
what is the genesis yeah, of the are, genie? Are all genies just humans at some point that get bad a bad break and then end up being captured and sl- enslaved? Because I'm not for slavery, okay? Not cool. No. So, of course, all genies should be free. But, man, there is some sort of genie Bible that whenever you're writing a genie character in literature or film, it's like, okay, we have to make the genie you know, a prisoner. And then also at some point in the film for our big hurrah, we're going to grant his freedom. Hooray. Right. I mean, he's obviously a good kid, though. I don't really consider him a kid because his voice actor does not sound like a kid at all. And so (laughs) it's like the fact that they like put him as a, he'd be a real boy. And his like, got these like gray eyebrows. (laughs) It was just always like, that's just weird. Totally. (laughs) This is like Benjamin Button type thing. I don't know. Very, very bizarre. It was very interesting. But, you know, whatever. So when they finally set him free and everything is going back to normal, it's almost like setting him free basically nullifies any of his magic or anything that he did because you had Dijon, who had been turned into, like, a pig or something. And just the fact that he turned into a real boy and lost his powers meant that Dijon and whatever, you know, magical thing was going on at that time was now undone which that just to me i feel like that creates a lot of continuity Mm. problems because what about atlantis i mean is atlantis still there if it is still there then shouldn't it just like appear or something like where did where did it go i feel like the people of atlantis like one thing the genies can't kill clearly in in this version he did (laughs) killed all the people in atlantis and got rid of the the island or the city of atlantis because it was a great tourist destination and Murlocs did not like that. And so, yeah, I think the people, obviously it's been thousands of years, they died and they will stay dead. But as far as, I think Atlantis should return, which that's a cool sequel. That would be Hello, an awesome sequel. Atlantis is back, yo. Let's, hey, now that is the business opportunity for Scrooge, is take advantage of that before anyone yes. realizes that Atlantis is back. Hop over, put your flag in the ground, stake your claim, and turn that into the greatest tourist destination known to man. I mean, there already yes. technically is an Atlantis in the Caribbean, but it's not the real one. Now you can shuff that off and say, that's a fake Atlantis. This is the real Atlantis. <laughs> but I believe that, yeah, at least in this version for genies, when a genie becomes free, all the previous wishes just nullify, which that's a big problem if your life or your city or your country is built on all these fakeness that wishes are provided. Yeah. It's not going to end well. It's all going to crumble. One person would be like, oh, I'm going to wish for everything that I could need and then I'll set you free. Well, when I set you free, all of my other wishes are now nullified. Uh Uh-oh. They obviously didn't put that in the directions manual. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah, so, you know, we're already kind of talking about the third act, which is really, you know, the bad guy comes back and the whole gang is back together to stop him. You know, and so they do, and then the genie gets freed. I feel like we're really, like, yada, yada, yada over this movie. <laughs> kind of are. But <laughs> really, those it's... Those the highlights to me. I mean... Right, those are the best parts, and the characters are pretty good. And it's it's a good, quick film. I mean, most... Like, this is basically... If you have an hour TV show on TV, it's really only 42 minutes with commercials. Right. uh, Or with commercials removed. Netflix nowadays, they don't have commercials, so when they make their hour-long programs, they truly are more or less an hour. And then this is a theatrical... It's it's basically an hour plus some change, 
And it's yeah. great because it's really digestible. You can watch it in one sitting. You don't get too bored. Like, yes, they have that really like kid centric section in the middle, which again, this is uh, probably targeted towards children. Mm-hmm. So you got to have that to keep them entertained. But then we get back in the action and we tie that all up in a nice, neat bow and everyone's happy and he's a real boy. I mean, we're, we're, this is a conglomeration of Pinocchio and Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark. It's great. And then off we go and it's just a good old DuckTales movie. So, so this movie was not necessarily my favorite movie having rewatched. It's not like, oh, this was the best when I was a kid. It's still so awesome. I love it. Right, right. It's not that. It's not that. Um, it's really, well, I'm just going to go into my review. How about that? Okay. It's, I love this franchise. I love these characters. So it's really cool to get to see them come back. However, when you really analyze and deep and dive into the film, it, it doesn't have a lot going. I think the middle section with the kids and their wishes and how goofy it is, it really kind of holds the film back. If this could have been more of like an action adventure, like going undercover, like let's go to Murloc's lair, which they do do. Uh, more of that, less of, ice cream sundaes for the world right uh would would have been a little better for me and the animation it's it's tv quality animation uh as of 1990 and so there are if you're looking close there are some cut corners which again they had to do based on their uh our undisclosed budget and whatnot hey sorry okay okay uh we're almost done Okay, well, yeah, no, it wants to come up. Now it's, okay, come up, okay. <laughs> ah, we were doing so well. Okay, climb up. Wee. Now that I'm up, I want to touch everything. Okay, <laughs> and overall, the movie just isn't, doesn't really do a ton for me. It's not the best movie in the world. It really doesn't hold up to the nostalgia color glasses that I thought I had. For that reason, two and a half stars. Yeah, I will agree with that. Like, there's just, I feel like there were the slow parts were with the kids, and I feel like if they would have like cut some of that out and then maybe did a bit more character development in some ways, they could have. Because I mean, you look at like Aladdin itself, and they did quite a bit with their hour and thirty some odd minutes, you know. So it's not like they couldn't do a good story in a short amount of time, but at the same time, like it's just. You kind of expect it out of these guys because it was it's a it's a TV show come to the movies and so you don't really expect it to have any final finality in it you know you you want it to be just like a bigger adventure of what you're used to so that's really what I feel it did I'm gonna be a little bit more lenient and say and give it three stars because I do have some it was it was good. I could watch it again. I could put it on and have, like, my nieces or nephews watch it and be like, yeah, this was fun, you know? So I'm going to give it three stars. So right now we are going to be listening to some voicemails. Hey, Rotoscopers, Jonathan North here. I just saw that you were reviewing DuckTales the movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. I thought I'd call in with my memories of the movie. This is not really a review because... I haven't watched the movie in years, but it's one of those movies that I watched over and over when I was a kid. You know, like if you have a movie that you actually own, it ends up being one of the ones you watch the most. That's what this movie was for us. My uncle taped it off the Disney Channel and it just became one of those movies we watched over and over again, which is funny because we never actually watched the series. 
we didn't have the Disney Channel, so we didn't watch anything that played on the Disney Channel. But we really liked this movie, and it was one of our favorites back then. I'm kind of interested now to see how it would compare to my memories of it from when I was a kid. I think you might have inspired me to go find it and rewatch it and see what I think about it now. Anyways, I really liked it back then, and I'm looking forward to your review. Bye. Hello, this is Alex calling in to give my review of DuckTales the movie. DuckTales is my personal favorite animated TV series, so this film had a lot to live up to. While it didn't meet all of my expectations, I still enjoy it for what it is. The voice acting is excellent, the animation is decent, and the story, while simplistic enough that it could have been condensed into a 22-minute episode, is still entertaining to watch as a 70-minute film. One interesting note about this film is that it shares several similarities with the 1992 Disney film Aladdin. This is something that you might go into on the podcast. Both films feature an evil sorcerer and a genie, and there are several other plot elements that the two films share. I do not think that this film is quite as good as A Goofing Movie, which was released by Disney Toon Studios five years after this film, but it is still enjoyable. It's not something that I would want to go back to, like some of my favorite episodes of this show, but I'm glad I watched it. Overall, I give it three and a half stars out of five. Bye! Well, thank you so much for joining us on this fabulous episode of the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers. This was episode 163. So if you want to leave any comments on this episode, you can go to rotoscopers.com slash 163. And also, if you're going to be tweeting about this on Twitter or anywhere, you can use the hashtag AnimAddicts or AnimAddicts163 specifically to leave a voicemail. For yourself, you can go to rotoscopers.com slash voicemails. You can also call 406-646-6575 to let us know any of and all of your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. Something really cool that just happened is that we are now on Spotify. So aside from iTunes and Stitcher Radio and anywhere great podcasts are found, we can really say that we are found everywhere great podcasts are found. Yay! If you would like to leave us a review on any of those platforms, we'd surely appreciate it. You can also find us on social media, at The Rotoscopers, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find Morgan and I individually on those same outlets. For finding me, just type in Chelsea Robson on Twitter, my website, Instagram, YouTube, all good things. And then Morgan as well. You can find her at Morgan Stradling. If you would like to stay in the know on what movies we are going to be doing next... Go to the Rotoscopers website, and down at the very bottom, you'll be able to see our calendar. We update it as soon as we know what is going on, so that you can know when everything is going to be posted, as well as what movies to be excited for. So, guys, we have had a great time. I enjoyed going back into the fabulous 90s. (laughs) They're fabulous because we've got our rose-colored glasses on. They weren't that great. Actually, they were. They were pretty awesome. Anyway, until next time, we We are are the the Rotoscopers. Oh, 
we got a piano player happening. Can you hear that? <laughs> no. Okay. It's like, okay, you're, you're busy playing the piano. Just keep doing what you're doing as long as it doesn't come up on the recording. <laughs> okay. So we're almost there. It was somewhat manageable. He has a very much like obsession with electronics. Yeah. yeah. And I don't let him as a result because he just. <laughs> this, this happens. <laughs> it's okay. Give him the white noise machine. <laughs> Let's get your white noise. Okay, one second. I'm going to get my white noise. Okay, okay, okay. Come here. Let's get your white noise. Okay, can you hear me? Okay, uh, let me just make sure I have the right mic. It's not the right mic. Okay, um, not fall for the white noise trick. This is why we don't do this when he's awake. <laughs> hey, it's because this computer is here and he doesn't like that he can't touch it. So, Aww. it's okay. Hey, Miss Chelsea's talking to you. Hey, buddy. Oh, she's saying hi. Hi! Oh, it's so good to hear you. <gasps> say hi. All I need from you is for you just to say, we are the rotoscopers. We are the rotoscopers. Oh, wow. look at that. You were so good and let mommy talk. <laughs> I think this should go in a blooper. As uh, An explanation that we had to re-record this. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I would, but he's crying now, Okay. So. <laughs> All right, just as an explanation, we had a, a mess up and the recording stopped. And so we actually had to go back and re-record this episode. Uh, that's why it was jumbled. <laughs> oh boy, was it a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> when you're like almost done and like it's been during the baby's nap and everything has gone perfectly. And then it's like, no, we only yeah. recorded 10 minutes. And there we yes, go. Yes, so exactly. This is... <laughs> that <laughs> bye everyone <laughs> <laughs>